Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing in this rainy morning? It's a beautiful day outside, right? And you know why I know it's a beautiful day? Because that's the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice in it. I know I already told some of you Happy Mother's Day, but I will say it again. Happy Mother's Day. It is a blessing, a blessing that God has made us moms. Uh, it's a joy to see our children. Now my children's already, uh, my, my two boys already grown. And I see them, you know, flourish in their own things. And my husband and I now are alone, basically. But you know what? It's the process. It's motherhood. It's fatherhood. It's the family of God. So this day, let's enjoy this day and rejoice in the Lord. Can we do that? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for all of us here. Thank you, Father, that, that we are your body, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done out of us. You put destiny inside of us, Lord. And I am so thankful for that. You put your presence inside of us. Your Holy Spirit inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because you dwell in this temple, Father. That is not always, Father, the best that we could say. But regardless of that, you abide in us. And we thank you, Lord. And this morning, Father, we want to lift our hands up and say thank you, Jesus. We want to rejoice in your presence. And we want to say thank you that you are my friend. Not only not only someone that you know, but you call us friends. Friends of a living God. We are friends of a living God. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you.
Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. We're going to talk about lots of ways that we worship God here. You can sit down for a minute if you can. And uh, welcome to everyone. Happy Mother's Day to the moms. Happy Mother's Day to the moms listening in. If, uh, if you notice when you walk in, there is a booth that is set up out front So for pictures. It's a picture booth. So it's a great opportunity, great time to, to get family pictures together. And, and uh, so enjoy it. Uh, make use of it. Um, we, uh, if you are visiting here with us for the very first time in the, the seat backs in front of you, there are cards. We'd love that you would uh, fill one out. We'd love to get to meet you. We will be in the foyer afterwards and love to get a chance to, to chat with you. Also, we are having connect group immediately after service. So if you've, um, if you've joined us since the first time or you've not been to connect group in a while, love to have you come join us for connect group. It'll be in this room right over here. It's a time for us to fellowship, talk about the, the message together, get to know one another a bit. There are a few things that were coming up. One of the things we want to talk about is the shower last week for the source was a huge success. We were able to donate over $3,000 to the source. So yes. thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we support another ministry that we support each month is Umbelary Assistance Ministries. Um, most of us know it as ham, and this month we're doing shampoo and conditioner, so that's for May and June, so if you're uh, in the grocery store, if you'd pick up an extra bottle, bring them in, there's a place that you can drop them off out front. Uh, we're going to be doing VBS again this summer, and VBS is an awesome ministry, and it takes awesome people to make it happen, so we're looking for volunteers to help out with that, um, uh, and, and donations if you want to donate towards it. The... Um, uh, the Awanas program that we've been doing during the year, it, it's going to be off for the summer. So it's winding down for the summer. Um, so beginning on May 31st, the kids from two years old to fifth grade will begin what's called Summer Searches. And so they'll be doing a program on Wednesday nights it's called, it's called Summer Searches, digging into the Bible. Um, and we could use volunteers for it. If you have questions about it, see Angie. Um, Angie will be the one to talk to. We need some volunteers for it. All right. So the youth have a camp coming up. Their camp is um, going to be June 14th to 11th to the 14th. It's a water slide lake retreat. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be some good pictures when that camp's over. <laughs> um, but, however, this is an important piece to it. If you know a youth that wants to go, today's the last day to sign up to put your deposit in. Because they have, to, they have to make reservations. So if you know a youth that wants to attend or participate in it, that would be today. Um, the other thing we want to mention is there's a blood drive coming up on June 4th. We had a really successful blood drive here just a few weeks back. Um, and so we'll be, the, the, the vehicle will be here taking donations from 9 in the morning to 1.30. So just like last time, you need to have an appointment to do it. Um, if, uh, if you're interested, if you could see Melanie, um, or you could use, there's a, uh, there's a QR code in the bulletin. So if you have a, if you have your worship folder, check that out. There's a QR code. You can set, set up your time for that as well. Uh, a couple other things. Monday night, 630 in here is prayer time. Uh, come join the prayer team for that. Um, uh, love to be praying together. 
And then on Wednesday night, we've got, um, besides the, the, the kids' program that's going on, youth are, that youth have theirs, there's a Spanish Bible study. And we're starting something. It's a short class that we're starting on this, the, this Wednesday night. Um, lasts about three, four weeks, maybe five weeks at the most. It's discerning your calling. It's to, to solve the mystery of, what, of God's calling in our lives. And it's interactive. It's things for you to do to, to help you listen to the voice of God, to discover how God's called you, how God's wired you. Um, and maybe you say, I already know what my calling is. Fantastic. Because part of it is helping those around uh, who are learning how to do it. So if you already know, awesome. Because the, uh, the rest of the people in the class are, are needing to have partners to work with to be able to hear and discern for their own lives. So I invite you to come join us for that. Um, we're going to start Wednesday night. We did an intro to it last week. We're going to officially start it this Wednesday night. Um, so come join us for that. Uh, be going, like I said, we'll be going about four weeks. And then after that, we're going to start the book of Daniel. We'll be jumping into the book of Daniel. Um, if you uh, have, uh, have offering, we, will, we really, truly appreciate uh, your donations, your offering, your supporting the ministry. You can do it online. You can do it on the website, and there's envelopes in front of you. You can drop the envelopes up here. You can drop them off uh, at the ushers as you leave. There's a box out front. There's just lots of ways to, to worship God with your, with your tithes and your offerings, and so we appreciate that. Uh, last thing we want to mention um, is prayer requests. If you have a prayer request and you want us to be praying with you about something, again, there's cards in the seat backs in front of you. Uh, grab that card, fill it out. If it's a private request that you only want to go to the pastors, all you have to do is just fold it in half. Fold it in half, and it'll just go to the pastors. And then you can drop it in the offering baskets on your way out, um, and uh, we'll be praying with you. And so in a, in a few minutes, we'll actually be praying together here this morning. All right, let's do this. Let's stand up, and let's find somebody we have not greeted in a while, and introduce yourselves and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
that there is no one like you, Father. There is no one that can meet up with you, Lord. You are one. You are Yahweh. You are Adonai. You are a provider, Jehovah Jireh. And we thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day, Father. Thank you that we can be in your presence, Father. Oh, we can be in your presence.
come before the holy God. Thank you for those who have been praying for my sister. She's day 35 in the hospital. She is healing very slowly, but she is healing, hopefully to go home this week. She has been she has felt the prayers of the saints. So I'm very grateful for those prayers. For my mom. But we lift Angie's mom before you. We pray for Gail's mom. Pray for Pamela Hicks. We pray for Annie and Larry. We lift each one before you who are in need of your touch, your healing. We thank you that we call upon a good God, a God who is sovereign, a God who will move according to his good pleasure. Move in each of these lives. Bring your healing and your wholeness. Body, soul, and spirit, we thank you for the atonement that is brought to us through the cross, healing and forgiveness. Father, we lift, those, we lift Augusto and Letty as they are grieving in this moment of the tragic loss of her mother. We pray for those who are in the midst of hospice at this moment. We pray for those who have just had new life and babies in each of these circumstances of life. May you be present to the fullness. May you be worshipped. May you be glorified in those lives. May you bring comfort for the lowest of lows. May joy overflowing for the highs. Father, we pray for traveling mercies for those who are on the road. Lord, we thank you for those who are standing in the gap on our behalf. Those who are standing to protect us, to keep us safe in the military, first responders. But not only in the physical, Lord, we thank you. But not only for those, we pray, we thank you for those who are standing in the spiritual. We thank you for those who are carrying the gospel to the furthest corners of the earth. Those who have heard the call and gone for the missionaries. And for those who every day stand in the gap right where they are. The ambassadors of Christ. We pray for those that are protecting the border at this moment. We pray for your intervention in the middle of this crisis. We pray for our leaders for wisdom, godly wisdom to lead with righteousness in this nation. We call on you, Lord, that hearts would return to you. There would be an awakening in this land. We thank you for those who are persecuted right now. We lift them before you and pray for comfort for them, that you would deliver them from the midst of the persecution, that they would stand strong, they would have your favor, they would be enabled. And Father, we pray for the persecuted, as your word calls. They would go from persecuting to propagating. Father, we pray that we would have and see before us the opportunities you've given us to be obedient to your call and your will in our lives. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for Jerusalem to declare, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the King. 
Lord, we pray for the message this morning. Pray for Pastor Terry. The words he would share would be from your heart, from your heart to our heart through him. It's your vessel, your willing vessel. We thank you, Father, for your mercy that cleanses us and forgives us, your grace in which we live and stand. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. The kiddos are released for uh, Children's uh, Church. And I think we have a bumper. We don't have a bumper. Okay, never mind then. So let's give these guys a hand that have now exited for what they do this morning. And before I get started, would you pray with me and pray for me? Gracious Heavenly Father, as we come this morning to join you in your presence here among us, Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds to you and what you would say to us individually and collectively as the body of Christ May you remove me from your equation that would be your message, Father. And we give thanks again for the blessings that you bestowed upon us. Forgive us of our sins. In your son's precious name, amen. Happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. Uh, motherhood, motherhood is sanctifying, but it's so, so sweet. And Scripture teaches mothers to, the, to point their children toward Christ by praying for them, by praying with them, by modeling faith, by modeling a character, and by training them in wisdom. I think Melanie and I would agree that our moms taught us that it was not good to be lazy. It was better to demonstrate dignity and honor for the position of being a parent. Our moms were ladies that worked with their hands. Mothers should protect their children even when it would be so much easier to walk away from them. When I became a police officer, it was comforting for me to know that my mom prayed for me and all those officers each night that I worked the street. Our parents, like so many other parents of the era that we grew up, did not have much of an education, but we came to realize in later years that they were much smarter and understood life much better than we gave them credit for. This morning, we want to acknowledge the sacrifice, the pain, the grace, the mercy, the joy, and above all, the love that you have had for your children, the children that God had blessed you with. Also want to acknowledge all the aunts and siblings and relatives, grandmothers and volunteers that have stepped into the parenting role of our children. So this morning we say thank you. And that's not enough, I know. But know that God loves you. And I hope in the message this morning that you hear how much he cares about you. And not just mothers, but women everywhere. In this certain and chaotic world where every foundation of a godly home, as we know it, seems to be yielding to unbelief and to selfishness and immorality, there's a great need to consider the role of women, including motherhood. Abraham Lincoln said that he was and hoped, uh, he said that all he was and hoped to be, he owed 
to his angel mother. The Bible teaches that a mother is crucial to the family. The family, in the historical sense, is distinctively a God institution based on love of one man for one woman, symbolizing Christ's love for his bride, the church. Today, due to so many different situations, the definition of family has been stretched, distorted, and even destroyed. May we remember those joyous moments we've had with our children hang on to them forever. Continue to remember God's word about honoring our parents. I say that to the kiddos. Let us continue to love and nurture our children. We get an opportunity to live out the fifth chapter of Ephesians, beginning in the 15th verse, where we read, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, some of you get an opportunity to be grandparents or grandmothers. And some of us as grandparents... In the back of our mind, although we may not say this, think, yeah, it's payback time now. But you know what? You should continue to nurture, encourage, guide, love, and protect that new mom. As you know, she has a difficult job. And I say that to the dads, too, for the fathers. During this time is horribly, horribly difficult. The nation is in a desperate need of mothers that will follow Christ. More Christ-following parents will result in fewer delinquencies, less ungodliness, better morality, fewer kids that are struggling whether or not they're a human or some animal, less drug usage, and even broken homes. Our children have value, value to God. To parents, we owe it to our children to accept Christ as their personal Savior. But before we can get them to accept Christ as our personal Savior, we must first accept him as our personal Savior. And not only just to accept him, but we must experience him. We cannot measure the influence godly parents have on their children or even on the children of other families that our kids come in contact with. You see, in godly families... It permeates truth, honesty, trust, unity, and most of all, love. One of the most difficult jobs in the world is bringing up a family in love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness during difficult times. It's more difficult for single parents. All the chaos, lies, confusions, pressure from not just friends of the enemy, but also from advertisements and social media It adds to the difficulty of child-rearing. The answer to this difficulty is to spend time praying for your children, for your family. It's also important to spend time with your children and your family. Proverbs 22.6 reads, Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn away from it. Our first and foremost jobs as a mother and a father is to train the children to know ultimately and to ultimately experience Jesus. After that, everything in life falls into place as God guides their steps. They will not be guided perfectly. They will not be guided without need for correction, 
But that's the way God has guided each and every one of us. When we step out of line, he corrects us, but he corrects us with love and grace and mercy, and we should do the same for our children. Again, the parents need to first know Jesus as their Savior before they can bring their kids to knowing him. I want to move off motherhood just real briefly and speak to all women and what God says about your role and the importance that you have to him in that role. We should always honor the dignity and sanctity of womanhood. In many parts of the world, a woman is still considered almost as a beast of burden. And it was Christ who elevated womanhood. There's a distinct difference between men and women from the beginning of the Bible. Men and women are created differently by God. He gave us different roles in the family. However, God created each of us in his own image with responsibilities of populating this earth and ruling over it. Throughout most of history, women were treated as second-class citizens. Even in the time that Jesus lived, Roman law did not consider women as citizens, and therefore they had no legal rights. In the Greek culture, women were marginalized. In many other cultures, they were considered dangerous. Men could commit adultery without reprimand, while women were punished even into death. Women were also considered property. And you know the sad part is, that's even true today in some nations. So how does God see women? Well, as I said earlier, he created them in his image. Man and woman are created in the likeness of God. He stamped his image upon them both. Women have the same opportunity to know and experience God as men. God is far from an oppressor. He is holy, a holy, holy heavenly father who loves all his children. The Bible is full of stories of women who have contributed to making this world and in our history contributed to making this nation a better place to live and a closer place to God's kingdom. After the passing of Israel through the Red Sea, it was Miriam who led the women in rejoice, saying, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Ruth put God first and as a result became an ancestor to King David. The royal Esther took her life in her hands to plead for a doomed people. In Luke 7:38, a woman's thankfulness caused her to wash the master's feet with his tears and dry them with her hair. Mary Magdalene, bringing spices to anoint him, was the first to greet a risen Lord and receive the first commission, where he said, Go and tell the disciples. We can mention many others who have been followers of God, and those names are all recorded in Holy Scripture. But I want to park on the 31st chapter of Proverbs, beginning with the 10th verse. So grab your Bibles like your life depend upon, because it does. And bear with me as we go all the way to the, through the end of this chapter. Again, Proverbs 31, beginning in the 10th verse. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. 
She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable, profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds distaffs and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She has that outreach and mission that we all should have. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, as he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about women. And some people have mistaken that the idol, the ideal woman in the Bible is entirely domestic. That is not so. She is an excellent wife and mother. She is also a manufacturer, an importer, a manager, a realtor, a farmer, a seamstress, a pollster, and a merchant. Her strength and dignity do not come from her achievements. They come from God. Her attractiveness comes from her character. Her spiritual maturity is her beauty. You see, the woman described in this chapter has outstanding abilities. Her family's social position is high. She prepares for the winter or for those lean times. The heart of her husband that is referred to in this passage refers to his mind and inner self more than just emotions. He trusts her. He trusts her tenacity. He trusts her knowing that she will follow through on her commitments. And in her strength, which comes from God, he depends upon her. In addition, she has a healthy and respectful fear of God. She is all female, created by God. God did not make a mistake when he made her female. You know, in this day and age... So often we see women that have stepped up into the role that has been abdicated by men. And in some sense, we applaud you for filling in that gap. But I'd like to make a suggestion. Pray for your husband. Pray for your sons. That they will know the role that God has for them. And then love them. As scripture tells you to love them. And respect them. The scripture tells you to respect them. And then know that God has not made a mistake 
by making you female. I say that to the guys too. God has not made a mistake that he made you a guy. And it's horrible the things that we are going through now based solely on feeling. You see, God cares about the hearts of women. He hears their cries and answers their prayers. When a woman named Hagar felt mistreated, an angel of the Lord met her in the wilderness and encouraged her. She then said, you are a God of seeing. Another woman, Leah, felt rejected and unloved, and God listened to her and gave her sons. God also blessed Hannah with a son after she fought through depression of infertility. We witnessed that last Sunday right here. You see, the God that is a God in the Bible is the same God today, doing the same kind of things that he did in the Bible. God has used women to carry out his divine plan. The list goes on without saying, but remember it was Moses' sister that helped protect her baby brother after Pharaoh ordered all the Hebrew baby boys to be thrown into the Nile. Rahab, a prostitute, protected the Israelites as they were spying in Jericho. Deborah was a prophet and a judge over Israel for four decades. And of course, the Virgin Mary was obedient to God and favored by God to bear his son. Jesus always uplifted the oppressed and validated women. Jesus repeatedly showed how God was sensitive to their hearts and to their hurts and to their fears. And he comforts and loves them wholeheartedly. He spent time with Mary and Martha. He spoke with a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman at the well, who just baffled the disciples that he was even talking to a woman, much less a Samaritan woman believing that, Rabbi, you must be hungry because you're, we're not sure that you know what you're doing. Jesus also pointed out the widow who gave two small copper coins as all she had, blessing her over a large contribution of the rich. Jesus honored, men, um, honored women and made them an important part of his ministry. That was in complete contrast to society during the day that he was walking on this earth. Women are to be respected in the modern-day church as children of God. In the second chapter of Acts, it was men and women who gathered together. As, they heard, as we heard last Sunday, women have had to step up, as I said before, into some of the roles that God wants for men. But God wants you to be mothers first. God wants you to be the women that he calls you to be in Scripture. You know, the sad part seems for many, many years now, it's been the moms, the grandmothers, the aunts, the siblings that take their children to church. I can remember, and I've probably shared this story before, as I was young, my mom took us to church every Sunday. My dad worked nights, and so he was just coming in from work on Sunday mornings. My mom had a rule. If you didn't go to church on Sunday, you couldn't go outside and play. And I'll never forget, there was a day much like this day right now with rain coming down as I woke up and told my mom I just didn't feel good. I, didn't want to, I couldn't go to church. She said, okay. But remember, 
No plane outside. My mom and my brother were probably no more than 10 minutes away from our house when the sun came out and it didn't rain another drop. I really believed that my mom must have had a direct line to God. I want this boy to know, don't mess with me, okay? You know, the funny thing, I'll I'll throw my dad into this picture. My dad, as I said, worked nights and didn't go to church with us. He knew the Lord. And when my brother and I left home, my dad started going to church. And we kidded with my dad saying, oh, now you're thankful to God that we're out of your house and you're going to go praise him. But actually, he retired at that point and could go to church. Praise God for all parents that take their kids to church, to be part of the body of Christ, to fellowship with other children, and to fellowship with like-minded parents. The gospel narrative presents many insights to Christ's valuation of women, emphasizing high regard to them as essential members of God's kingdom. I'm just going to give you some scripture references. If you don't have time to write them down, shoot me an email and I'll tell you where all these are. But he understood their concerns as told in the second chapter of John, verses 1 through 9. He met their deepest needs in the fourth chapter of John. He healed them in Luke 4, 38 and 39. He raised the dead, as recorded in the 11th chapter of John. He forgave and restored to meaningful existence women during in Luke 7, 11 through 15, and also in John 8, 3 through 11. He defended and affirmed their acts of service. In Matthew 26, beginning in verse 6, Jesus saying in part of the woman that anointed him, I tell you the truth. Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And he instructed them in Luke 10:39. On the road to his crucifixion, Christ addressed the women of Jerusalem in the final words to the crowds. Then on the cross, undergoing deep agony, he entrusted his mother to the care of his beloved disciple John. Following his resurrection from the dead, the first person to whom Jesus himself showed, as I said earlier, was Mary Magdalene, a woman who he had freed from bondage. As we continue this month focusing, this month and part of next month, focusing on family, let me remind everyone that living for Christ in the home is not easy. It's far easier to live excellent life among friends. When we're putting on our best and we put that facade up as to who we want people to think we are and we really find it important of what people think about us. Know this, your own family knows whether Christ lives in you and whether Christ lives through you. In other words, families so often can see through a temporary facade that you put up. If you're a true follower of Christ, you will never give, you will never at home show a 
bad temper, impatience, fault-finding, sarcasm, unkindness, suspicion, selfishness, selfishness, or laziness. That's hard to do. Because we are self-centered at times, impatient at times, unforgiving at times. But know that God is a gracious God. That when we take responsibility for what we said and what we've done, he can forgive us. Be the person that forgives others. You say you reveal through your daily life the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and all those other virtues, virtues that are around the true follower. Not only does your family see the real you, but also those that you encounter, maybe just very briefly, may see the real you. It's how you live your life from day to day and decisions and choices you make each and every day. So rely on him and pray to him and be obedient to him. Lorena. Paul wrote in the Galatians 3.28 these words. There is neither Jew nor Greek, not a nationality or a race, slave or free, regardless of status, male or female, regardless of gender. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. While we may struggle with the roles in home and even at church in the eyes of God, men and women are his creation. Let us not forget that. As I close in prayer, I want to remind you that... Uh, we have an opportunity for a photo booth, a fundraiser for the youth. Uh, there are flowers for each and every one of you ladies that are here today and some uh, uh, lemonade, I think. So stick around uh, for a little while. Connect groups will also go, go on. So uh, continue to worship with us and fellowship with us. Let us pray. Good and gentle God. We pray in gratitude for all mothers and for all women everywhere that have joined with you to grow your kingdom. You became human through a woman. Grant to all mothers the courage they need to face the uncertain future that life with children always brings. Bring them peace, knowing that you are with them always. And that child you placed in their care belongs to you now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. It's always good to hear a word of encouragement. Why don't we stand up and, whoo, it's pouring outside. Y'all be careful going out. Enjoy the day. And be with the family. Enjoy your children. Amen. I am a friend of God I am a friend of God